Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Who is it that was trying to sell us on the idea last week that inflation's getting better because the they had a new adjusted rate of 6.3% year-over-year inflation? See, it proves it's coming down. Who? I, I, was that the federal government trying to do that? I, I think it was. I think it was. So that was them last week. Now let's take a look at our reality this week. This is just a perusal of headlines. Nothing more, nothing less. Just going through it. Home sellers in hot markets are dropping prices as demand wanes. Now, you could say to me, well, that means house prices will be more affordable. When interest rates are growing... The demand is, you know what, we, we can, we're going to have to stay here uh, for, for a few more years. We're not going to be able to afford the house. Notice that the headline doesn't talk about the idea that they're going down by massive levels. If the housing prices are dropping, let's say in the 10 most popular migration destinations last month, which was Cape Coral, Florida and Sacramento, California, Oh, Northport, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, San Antonio, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona. Although, who in the world is moving to Sacramento unless government's doing some hiring over there? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure, guys. If the home prices have dropped 20%, but over the past three years they've gone up 72%, is the house still affordable? Well, that's the, that's the key question, isn't it? According to Zillow, I'm looking. I'm trying to figure out their their 30 year fixed. 5.63 percent. The current average 30 year fixed mortgage rate climbs 72 basis points from 4.91 to 5.63. Well, 5.63 people don't buy houses. They have much less house that they can buy. I mean, I'm 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 looking at do I do I not have it right? Because here is here is a Chicago Business Journal telling me that mortgage rates are declining. I'm like, I've I've got two different answers on where we are today on these rates. I'm I'm looking at uh, yeah. 5%, So even if the prices are going down, they're going down in maybe some specific areas that also had massive rises. What about the places that just had rises in general? The places that had rises in general, they're still up by major numbers over the last three years, five years, and the interest rates have just made it impossible for people to afford those houses in those places. Then you have the follow-up conversation. What new construction is going on out there? New construction is a tougher one because the cost of the goods is so high. Therefore, the price of the house is higher. We were told by some people in the administration, that uh, this is all going to work itself out. Oh, the better days were ahead. 
Better days are not ahead. According to some conversations, the Oil Associates president, Andy Lipow, L-I-P-O-W, stating that inflation has not yet peaked, oil prices are expected to go up because the European Union is going to ban the vast majority of Russian imports, to which Russia said, we'll sell to somebody else, we don't need you. And then they had a tear in their eye. They're going to sell to China. They're going to they're sell to China. I mean, who, who else could they possibly possibly sell to and china's gladly going to take the oil and since they're the only buyer in town i assume they get a discount brent crude right now i don't know if it's right now it's maybe a little bit earlier was it 123 123 dollars a barrel west texas at, at 108 you understand that that is it, it was at a uh, hundred just two weeks ago it was at $100 a barrel two weeks ago, and it was 120 130 before that, and then, you know, before Biden became, you know, president, we were talking about well-priced oil. It is no longer well-priced oil. And uh, anything over $100 is absolutely that psychological barrier. Yes, it exists. That's my take. But now, 123 you can't deny it. And the entire country is gearing up for $5 a gallon gas on average, which I'm sure in California they'd love. They're going to be seeing $6 a gallon gas on average. Home prices coming down isn't the answer to inflation. There still has to be a conversation about uh, availability. And there will be some people who have to sell because they have to get out of their house and they're moving to that next place, one of those migration destinations, as is discussed. And so they will take less. But plenty of people were just trying to utilize this moment to cash out. And if they don't feel they can cash out, they might as well just stay. There's going to there's be plenty of those as well. So does that then lead to not having the level of, of uh, inventory that... that people would like then there's europe european inflation now at 8.1 percent the economist predicted it would stay at 7.7 percent and then it went to 8.1 percent and they were you know they were um most unhappy and most confused and 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 upset oh god no they were angry Now I ask you, and now I ask you, does anybody believe this administration when they discuss the idea that, oh, everything's getting better? Everything is getting better. It's not getting better. Just so we're all perfectly clear, that's not happening. So what do we do? What is the plan? What's the plan of attack? How do we deal with the whole uh, uh, thing? Well, that's a great question. That's an investment question. I'm not your, your investment guy. I'm, I'm not. You, you don't come to me for investment advice. I think that's a terrible idea. Don't ever, ever, ever listen to me about investments. That's, that's the correct answer. But I, I was part of a conversation over the weekend that I thought was kind of stunning. Somebody brought up something to me that I thought was extremely bright. They said, if this is an inflationary market, if we're having all the problems that, that we're, we're having, how come the price of gold hasn't gone up? 
I mean, I think I think gold opened. I shouldn't say opened, but gold was at like eighteen forty five today, eighteen hundred forty five dollars, and silver was at twenty one dollars and eighty four cents, and something like that, right? In 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 those mid high twenty ones, and somewhere around eighteen forty five, eighteen fifty was 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 gold, and so if, if if things are bad, aren't those the normal places you invest in? But they're not going up. Now, somebody had, had mentioned to me, gold has not seen the, the flight to safety, meaning a spike in demand, needed to make it act like a hedge of inflation. Its price is ultimately based on supply and demand, and it's an indirect hedge like other safe bets. Why there isn't a demand is another discussion. So, okay, that's the discussion. Why isn't there a demand? I'm not, am I missing something, Producer Ari? Am I missing that, that usually when, when things are rough, we go back to 2007, 2008, Oh, uh, gold and silver went up big. I don't know enough about the gold price to comment. But do you not not claiming an expertise? Don't you find it a touch weird? I see. I don't. I've never been investing in gold or silver or any precious metals like that, so I really don't keep track of it that much. So it sounds weird, but I don't know what it was like back in '08. If I okay, I to the extent that I remember. Oh eight. Um, it was. It, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can get it. Well, that's interesting because because it, it, it went from it was like eight hundred dollars in two thousand nine, and then in two thousand eleven it was eighteen hundred, and now it's still in the eighteen hundred. So okay, maybe this is as high as it goes, but it was already this high. Why is it? I I just would have assumed it would pop. That's my take. Silver had its heyday in 2011 when it was near $50 an ounce. And then it's been in the teens and now it's in the, in the 20s, but not at 40. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm now looking at the numbers of gold and I'm like, all right, it, we're actually a little bit higher than we were in 2011. Uh, but it was, a, it was a massive climb. It was a climb from from 800 to 1800 and then we kind of settled back in at about 1200 so now we're 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 back up to 1800 but we're not the 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 thousand point climb we're not into 2200 range we'll make one think that there's some some room there but i don't know if that's how that trend works either i just thought it was interesting that that's not been a big conversation i always and my my argument is always okay then so somebody knows more than we do about why that isn't or there's there's some group of people keeping it from being like we'll find out soon enough and somebody knows more than i do let me know i it's it's a curiosity i could be totally up base there could be a reason for this that once you give it to me like one sentence i'll be like oh okay well that makes perfect sense but i don't anybody thinks this inflation is going away anytime soon is is kidding themselves Nothing signifies this. It all signifies the other way. And we're seeing it in every single way that this world economy, never mind just the U.S. economy, is not in a good spot. Nothing right now is fun. Nothing right now is okay and doesn't look like it's going to be, certainly for the rest of 2022, and certainly doesn't seem like we're in a good spot as we start off 2023. That is no way to start a show. But just does happen to be reality that when the Biden administration says, oh, things are getting better, 
when Ron Klain, the chief of staff, says, oh, look, look, everything's on the upswing. These people will gladly lie any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Marcus Erickson. He takes the Indy 500. And, and, and look, man, congratulations to him. Uh, great, great race. That stoppage thing, that, that red flag, of course, I think different people see it different ways. But I think more than the race itself, 300,000 people at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And it was the first time in all the times I've been doing the race and doing that pre-race coverage that I actually got a chance to drive around. And it was nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I, I was there on, on Pagoda Plaza. You know, we do the pre-race coverage from 5 to 11 a.m. And then I headed over uh, a golf cart style uh, to the turn two suites. And was there for the flyover, which was... The flyover was incredible. Both of them, because they did the flyover, and then they did the one where they like break apart. I guess, is that because they didn't launch the balloons? They did that? I, it was very cool. Very cool, and I was there for the start uh, uh, of the race. Um, but going through uh, the, the, the throngs of people, dude, first of all, people show up not given any blanks. They... They give absolutely none. They don't care. There are some people who dress to impress and some people who wonder what clothes are even for. I, I saw many things, Producer Ari, and I'm not saying that all of it was pretty. Eh, it's a beautiful sight when people are together at the Indy 500, no matter how many clothes they're wearing. Um, some people need to wear just a couple more. That's airplane attire. So, uh, no, 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 you know what? That's part of America's problem. But there were some people who... They they were they, they they were gladly letting it all hang out. Zero blanks were given. Sea of humanity. It was it was surreal, a surreal experience. But I did get I did get I I had myself uh, uh, the the early morning cigar there near the track near the winter circle. Uh, actually, the the signature two from Davidoff, which is the cigar that Zeno Davidoff had every morning. That was his morning cigar. So that's what that's what what I started with, uh, right there. Which is, it's always a, a world class experience. But man, I was there for the hundredth running. I will bet money, cash, on the idea that there were more people there this year. Now I'm basing that not on my travels around, but right there, Pagoda Plaza where we're set up. Just watching that. It looked like more people. What was different is that it took those people longer to get into the track. Don't ask me what was going on with getting people into the race. Traffic was nuts. So Matt Bear, you know, traffic guy, he's he's doing the traffic, and you could actually hear him, like like gasping for breath because his reports are so long. When I was driving back after the pre-race from to my house, it was just miles. You couldn't. It never ended. Wait, wait, how are you driving back? Oh, I drove back. I, I went, I took the way so I could see the traffic. So I went down by the, went down by Speedway to take the opposite highways just so I could see. And it's, went by, for it was 100 miles. No, I, I couldn't believe it. 
You oh so you oh you were doing a little traffic sightseeing? Yeah, because I was like because I heard about it. I was like, how bad could it be? It was nuts. I, I there was no end to it. The amount of people who came up, to, you know, to see us and say hello, two hours in traffic. And now, I mean, never mind what it took to get to, you know, where they were, you know, whether they were on Lyndhurst or wherever they may be, but two hours waiting, waiting. And it was so funny. It's like the waiting, the waiting, the waiting. And once they got to the parking lot, someone referred to it as Chick-fil-A type precision. They were just flying. Once they got to the parking lot, everything was fine. Getting to the parking lot, not easy. And by the way, that's why I get there at 3 a.m. I I mean, the broadcast doesn't start till 5. I could get there at 4.30 and be fine. I have such a fear of getting caught in that, even that early. And I've got parking, right? Media parking, it, 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 is, it is the sweetest perk. It is the sweet. Well, I'm not inside uh, the, 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 the speedway. Right? I'm just outside of it, but it's like, boom, done. And they paved it. Oh! Oh, they paved it. It was amazing. But it was it was surreal. And I did I did pick Tony Kanan uh to 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 win the whole thing. I I mean I he he was my pick. I I just thought, you know, the idea that he might retire might motivate and this was him after uh and and talking about finishing third. Yeah, I mean, could have, should have, would have, but uh, if it wasn't for that red flag, I think we had a chance for second. Let's be realistic. I was not going to pass two cars in the last four laps, although I was the fastest car out there at the end. But, uh, you know, with that red flag, I'm like, hey, can pull a TK restart here. I even talked to the guys in the booth, but, um, yeah, it wasn't enough. But, you know, we came here to win a race as a team, and we accomplished that today. And. I got to tell you. Now, now it's funny. I, I have met him uh, two or three times just in, in a uh, group setting, if, if you will. We've never, we've never actually spoken, Tony Kanan and I. I, I. I tell you now, I don't think that man likes me at all. Just based on our in the, the briefest of interactions. That's my take. I could be totally wrong. Could have been a hundred things. Just not the setting to say hello. Uh, I, I was absolutely pulling for him. That does not sound like a guy who wants to retire. That sounds like a guy who said, if I just had maybe just a little bit more of this, a little bit more dollars to get that, just a little bit of a different team. Third? In this field, this speedy field? I wonder. I wonder what Tony Kadan's going to do. Because I think he could still do it. More coming up. This is Tony Katz today. that Kamala Harris has any idea at any moment of any day of what the hell she's actually talking about. <laughs> she, she couldn't define assault weapon if her life depended on it. She doesn't know what a rifle is for. She doesn't. 
This has to stop. But as I've been discussing, if they really, I mean, I would rather it stopped. I'd rather them be rational. But if this is the way they want to be, man, just go let them be. If this is the way they want to talk, if this is the way they want to act, if this is the attitude they want to have, if they think they can actually get legislation passed to put an end to firearms in the United States, ban firearms in the United States, repeal the Second Amendment, go to it. Knock yourself out. Just one problem. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. And they know it. And they know it. America is not with the radical left when it comes to doing away with firearms in America. Remember, they want to do away with uh, your firearms. They'll still have protection and they'll still be able to dominate you. This, these, these are the realities. And this is where America's at. And we look at Uvalde and we are disgusted, disgusted by what we see in Uvalde. And rightfully so. 19 kids dead. Police that didn't go in. We were talking about that all day. Police not going in kept out, and then you, ha- you then you have the police department saying, and, and, and the Texas uh, uh, law enforcement saying, we made a mistake. Screw you. You get fired, you lose your pensions, and the pensions go to the families of, uh, uh, of those who were killed. That's my take. If Governor Abbott says he was lied to, which is what he said, This is not the story he was told at first when he did that big press conference. And he's livid. I want people fired. I want cops losing their jobs. I want top cops losing their jobs. You hung out in a hallway. You didn't go in. Can't. Can't. Cannot say to me that a gun couldn't have made the difference to saving some lives. I agree. You might not have saved every life. But you could have saved some. But when you don't go in, you don't give yourself a chance at all. You know it's not getting any press coverage today? 14 people killed Memorial Day weekend in Philadelphia. We would call that mass murder. But since it happened on the streets, I guess it doesn't matter. Since it didn't happen on one spot, oh, well, well, not a big deal. These people are pathetic. These people are pathetic. But if they want to go about, you know, trying to pass a, a, a law about the Second Amendment, feel free. You want to engage a constitutional ma- amendment, you're going to get three-fourths of the states to be down with you? Good. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. I'm not going to get worked up. Let's see what you got. I want to see you try. Tony, don't encourage these people. I encourage the idea that people can utilize their rights any which way they choose. And you can push for amendments that do away with other amendments. The 18th and the 21st, it's just that easy. Just that easy. 
so I'm not going to get in their way. But what happens when they can't do what they want to do, which is, of course, what they know to be fact? They can't actually do it. What end arounds are we about to witness because they know that America is not with them, so the only thing they have left to do is find a way to just steal your rights from you? And that's what this is about, stealing your rights from you because they know best. They are morons. And they don't know best. And I've been discussing that today. I'm going to have more about that in the week ahead. Have you seen this poster in New York? Let's prevent overdose. Keep yourself and your community safe. And it's about not, you know, fentanyl and the problems with fentanyl and uh, uh, avoid uh, using alone and take turns. Wait, wait, wait. Take turns. Avoid using alone. That's not how you prevent an overdose of fentanyl. You prevent an overdose by not taking fentanyl. Start with a small dose and go slowly. Whoa! This is a poster on a New York City subway. And the poster is saying, find a buddy and go slow with your fentanyl. Have have, have a... a naloxone on hand uh, that's the uh, what do they call that is that the narcam correct what, right that, 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 you get over d and you take that you'll be okay are they encouraging me in new york to start doing drugs i mean no one in the history of the world has ever looked at a poster and said well i wasn't gonna do drugs before but now that the poster suggested i'm gonna try the poster shows a picture of a woman named florence And it reads, don't be ashamed you are using, be empowered that you are using safely. That is a poster put out by the city of New York encouraging people to do fentanyl. But just do it safely. Man, we are in some strange, strange times. But picture their argument. Their argument goes as follows. They're going to do the drugs anyway. We'd rather them not end up in the hospital. We'd rather not have to send out the ambulance. You know, it's costing us millions of dollars a year to send out the ambulances. So we would rather, we would rather they just didn't. So maybe if they just take it, they, they take their fentanyl just a little bit slowly, right? And they just stay in their house and uh, get all, you know, goofed up on the goofy balls right there, whatever they take. Uh, I don't know why they sound like this in New York, but whatever. Well, then that's just fine. That's just fine. Let, let, let them do that as long as they're not bothering us, you know, on the streets. That, that, that's good. Better better than them using safely than, than down. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Right. Again, I don't know why they sound like that, but it's just the way it went. That's a weird flex. That's certainly thinking outside the box. Do we think it provides any value? How about this? Thinking outside the box. If you're caught bringing fentanyl uh, illegally into the United States, death penalty on the spot. I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box, guys. If you bring fentanyl across the border, not only do we kill you, we find your family wherever it is in the world you came from, and we take them out too. And if you tell me how you're going to do that, I'm telling you right now, we've got some pretty sweet-ass drones. We have drones with cameras. We are actually at the moment in society where we do have sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. We can do this. 
Wasn't there a story a couple years back where we were weaponizing the Dolphins? I feel like I remember something like that. Let's go to work. You bring fentanyl to the United States, we kill you. And we don't give you a proper burial. We just leave you right where you are so everybody can see. That dude tried to bring fentanyl to the United States. See, kids? Don't bring fentanyl to the U.S. You got me? Yes, Daddy. And there it is. It's done. We're saving lives. We're making America a better place. And we're teaching the children. My gosh, my plan is genius. You will find people who are defending this poster that's in New York because it encourages drug use. And they're arguing we're not encouraging drug use. We have people who are doing this stuff. We just, we would rather they weren't doing it, but we got to deal with the reality that they're doing it, so they got to do it safely. Now, I, I would love to now take that and say, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, there are people out there with guns, and, and you're the same people who want to take the guns away. Wouldn't you be better off teaching people how to utilize a gun safely? and have posters that talk about training with, with firearms and talk about how you shouldn't shoot up schools. Same, same idea as this ridiculous poster on drug use, isn't it? Yes, it is, Tony. Thank you very much. But if we're going to think outside the box, I want to think outside the box all the way. Why should the city of New York have to suffer with fentanyl overdoses and the costs of dealing with it when we could just stop the problem at the border? You've got fentanyl. It's done. I don't want to hear about your rights. You tried to bring fentanyl into the United States. Well, it was just planted there. I don't know who put it there. Too bad. You should be checking your pockets every seven seconds, but I'll give you a deal. If you can name the person who gave you the fentanyl in 30 seconds, we will give you a reprieve while we go find that person and we take care of them. Now, to do this, I'm walking right into Mexico with a couple of battalions. They can figure out how to handle it. I don't want to hear from uh, Manuel Obrador at all. M Manuel Lopez Obrador. I don't, I don't want to hear it. We're just going to solve the problem. Now, maybe he should be solving the problem. Maybe he should be checking who's coming into Mexico. But hey, if he doesn't want to do his job, pfft, that ain't my problem. I got to do my job. I got a country to protect. And I'll do what is necessary. I would rather be left alone. But if you're not going to leave us alone... Well, daddy's going to do what daddy's got to do. In this conversation, uh, the United States military and the people of the United States are daddy. Just, just describing what the story is. If we're going to make a poster telling people to take fentanyl safely, which is a real strange statement. Maybe we should do something about people bringing the fentanyl in. Now, if you don't think we should uh, kill people bringing fentanyl into the country, maybe you have a better idea. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing uh, to listen. I don't think it's a good idea to confront politicians in, in restaurants. I think this is a really bad idea. That is a protester confronting Ted Cruz in a restaurant and screaming at him. 
And uh, he gets helped out of the restaurant. He tries to get a little physical with the senator. The senator stands there. And uh, Cruz is taking uh, flack for smiling. What do you want him to do? It's Nicholas Sandman all over again. You think Ted Cruz wants 19 dead kids? Two of the, 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 the anti-gun zealots. Uh, uh, we, we must be honest with each other. Do you know how ridiculous you sound? Do you know how stupid you sound? You think Ted Cruz wants 19 dead kids. Well, if he didn't, he would just get rid of guns. Democratic Party hasn't gotten rid of guns. It's amazing how we just came full circle in that conversation. The Democratic Party can't get rid of them. And you can argue that you could stop making another one. What are you going to do about the 300 million that are already in circulation? Well, we're going to come door to door to everybody's house. That's the Eric Swalwell uh, idea. But remember, Eric Swalwell, the congressman from California, is one of the dumbest people alive. He's going to come to the houses of law-abiding citizens who fear having their children taken from them, and so they're going to give up their guns. And oh, by the way, Eric Swalwell is going to be a guy who uses your children against you. Oh, there's a gun in the house. Well, you can't have your kids back until you give us all the guns, and then you apologize. Oh, you're going to have to apologize publicly. Yes, that's going to be a very big part of this. You don't think Eric Swalwell is that guy? I'm telling you Eric Swalwell is that guy. They will absolutely take your kids if you have a weapon, if they go through the idea of taking guns out of people's houses. Which, again, they can't get, they can't get that passed. They can't get that done. But is that what they want? Yes, that's what they got. That's what they want. At the NRA convention, they took a cutout of uh, uh, Ted Cruz, and they wrote on, on, on his shirt, I murder teachers and children. They actually believe that. They actually believe that because Ted Cruz supports the Second Amendment, that he is killing children and teachers. But pointing out, as, uh, as he does as a pro-life guy, that those pro-choicers are actually killing the future children and the future teachers, that's, that's not true. That's somehow a lie. Man, it's a tangled web we weave when we practice to deceive. You want to confront people in in in, in restaurants? Uh, we're, we're 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 back to that. That's uh. This only gets worse. This only gets worse from here. Because this goes back to. People like uh, Maxine Waters, you uh, get a crowd and you surround them and you push back on them. And uh, here is tweet after tweet of blue check marks on Twitter saying this needs to happen every day. Anytime Cruz goes out in public, don't let him or anyone else forget. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life, Ted. No safe harbor for GOP terror supporting lawmakers. That's from the Pima County Democratic Party. And then, of course, James Gunn, the director of, of Guardians of the Galaxy. The smile on Ted Cruz's face as the man says 19 children died, followed by the princess wave as the man is dragged away, should tell everyone who, exactly who Ted Cruz is, no matter where you sit on any issue. Is that right, James? 
Is that right? The little waves should do that? Hey, why don't you tell me the kind of man you are with the allegations that were brought against you? Should we have just believed those at the first because of, of what? Some reaction? Nicholas Sandman, he's somehow a bad guy because he smiled or smirked at this Native American banging a drum in his face? What would you have liked him to do? I swear to God, these people drive me nuts. Just be a director of a film and stop thinking you know somebody's in, uh, ulterior motives based on a video. Sad stuff, man. Keep it here. I'm Tony Counts. I, I mean, the James Gunn thing, talking smack about Senator Ted Cruz, it, it's, it's just the, the, the wokeism on display. It's... It's not, it doesn't show you anything, James, and you look the fool for doing this, but maybe it's it's all cool to your Hollywood friends, but man, it doesn't work with, with America. I, I'm going to get into more of this in the future. Tomorrow, everyone, I'm Tony Katz. Take care.